Welcome to the Board Gamers Anonymous Podcast, Episode 1, August 23rd. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, a podcast about gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This week we're looking at Lords of Waterdeep, Scoundrels of Skullport, the first expansion from Wizards of the Coast, along with some of our recent favorites at the table, including Garden Dice, Boss Monster, Summoner Waters, and more. I'm your host, Anthony. I am Chris. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Dan. Alright, and uh, we are live recording this from the past on Staten Island. Uh, guys, want to talk about Staten Island a little bit? This is our first episode, so we should probably share with people where we are. Well, Staten Island, New York, uh, most people may not know, is one of the boroughs of New York City. So we're part of New York City, and we play at our local friendly game store at Myriad Games on 1650 Richmond Avenue. And uh, we have a good time there. We go meet up with our board game group, the uh, Staten Island Board Gamers, which you can find uh, find at meetup.com. And our uh, organizer, Sherry. And we also have a Facebook group, Staten Island Board Gamers, found on Facebook. Yeah, and uh, if you just wander in any given day, there's probably at least half a dozen of us doing something. So Very friendly with it. Everyone's very nice. And if you didn't bring any games and you want to try something out, pretty much sure everyone has a game for you to play. Yes, so that's Myriad Games. Stop in there. This is not an ad, but we love it there. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start off on this on our first podcast, so uh, excuse any hiccups, guys. But we're going to start off with the hotness news, uh, some of the new games that we've seen uh, online, at recent conventions, uh, etc., that we're, you know, that we're taking a look at, either that just got announced or that we're interested in buying. So... Yeah, so Gen Con just um, finished for uh, 2013, and a lot of great games just came out. Um, we saw the uh, release for the new Firefly game. Um, we saw the new release for the um, Lords of Waterdeep expansion came out. Um, so a lot of a lot of interesting new games, a lot of expansions. We saw the expansion for Battlestar Galactica came out, as, amongst others. And Plat Hat Games showed the new two summoner decks. There's going to be second summoners for both the Undead and also, I believe, the Benders. So that's yeah. something I can't wait for to come out. Yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Well, I not, really haven't had time to play the, the other two new decks we have yet. But, yeah, um, yeah and we're actually talking about the new uh, Lord's Waterdeep expansion today, because it came out, well, it came into Myriad just a couple days ago. Yeah, it actually came out August 20th, so perfect time for it. Yeah, it's sitting on our table right now as we speak. And one of our friends, Andrew, was uh, he, he made a third place in the King of Tokyo tournament. Yes. At Gen Con. Yes, there is a King of Tokyo tournament. We're not making this up. <laughs> I promise. Though I do still find it strange that the King of Tokyo tournament is played in America. That's just... There's something <laughs> yeah, wrong right. about that, but sure, why not? Yeah. You're not going to fly us all to Tokyo. What's the point? But, uh, yeah. Uh, any new other new games you guys were like... I know Robinson Crusoe came out. Everyone was looking, f- looking forward to getting their hands on that. I heard that one pretty quickly. Yeah, that one sold out, right? One game I spotted that uh, I want to take a look into this week is Grind. It's a Warhammer one-on-one sports game hmm. where on the miniatures you can actually change the pieces. So you can change what weapons and movement style you have to change the game. Hmm. So supposedly it has like 30 million combinations or something available based on all the parts out of the box. So whether or not it'll be fun, I don't know. I'm not really familiar with the Warhammer universe, but or War Machine universe, I should say, but definitely want to take a look at that one. Sure. And we also saw the um, releases of the expansions for uh, Tokaido, and we also saw an expansion for Suburbia, which would be a lot of fun. Yeah, Suburbia. That yeah. one's that yeah. one's just going to make me want to play the original more, though, because 
Yeah, that comes out in October. They debuted that at Gen Con 2, and that's something I can't wait to get. And then, uh, obviously, Fantasy Fly is always a big draw, and they they showed their next wave coming out for their capital ships yes. for um, X-Wing miniatures. Yeah, and these things are monsters. If you guys haven't seen them yet, they're huge. And, uh, and there'll be special rules just for playing with yeah. those as well. And also um, the release of the... Uh, the new Star Trek, the new Star Trek uh, ships as well. And one other thing that Fantasy Flight announced at Gen Con was that Battle Lore is going to get a version 2.0 yeah. overhaul set in the Runebound universe. And since we've been playing Rune Wars a lot more lately, suddenly I find myself caring about Battle Lore and whether or not I get to own it in a couple of months from now when it drops around the holiday of this year. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I was, uh, I saw that pop up and I was like, Dad, 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 look at this! <laughs> Immediately get a message like, Why do you hate my wallet? <laughs> but uh. Yeah, that'll be interesting. You know, people have been wondering what they're going to do with that, and Runebound is probably the way to go. Yeah. So speaking about our wallets or what's uh, left in them, um, so what's our acquisition disorder uh, dealing with this week? Uh, well, I just picked up the latest expansion for Battlestar Galactica. Haven't got a chance to break it out yet, but I'm hoping we can all get together over this weekend, get a chance to play that one. Kim, what was it that you got in the mail today? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm so excited. I need to play this. Uh, Crossmasters? Is that, is that what Crossmaster Arena? Crossmaster Arena, yes. Um, didn't even open it yet. I can't wait for that. I heard it's like a miniature game. Yeah, I know. You saw those chibi miniatures, and I think that's all it really took for you yeah. to that's say why this I got is something into, we have to own. That's how I got into Puzzle Strike, you know. Some people are taken yeah. aback by the chibis, but I kind of like it. You know, it's cutesy. Yeah, that was definitely, I saw that on Kickstarter, and it was highly successful, and it just showed, I think, multiple, multiple expansions. I think if you bought the base game and all the expansions, I think it was about four or $500 just for that alone. Yeah, there was a lot going on there. Yeah. yeah, on the market right now, they have three separate expansions, each with four characters and two new mini-maps, and they're about $20 retail. You can find them online for about 20 Yeah. No, I need to find a second job. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you definitely want to check out pictures because it's literally little toys. These yeah. are not just miniatures. These are fully articulated, painted, just beautiful pieces. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry about gluing anything, painting anything. It's just all there for you. Just open it up and just play it. Yes. Yeah, it is nice to have one battle game where that's an option. The last yeah, one I got was Dungeon it. Quest where it was just pop and play as opposed to, all right, well, you know, now that you bought it today and three to six weeks from now, you'll finally be able to go to the table with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what is it on our table this week? Um, well, we have actually a pretty good list we put together. Um, the first thing on the list uh, that we actually... I don't know when you guys got this in. When was it? A couple weeks ago? Garden Dice? Oh, yeah, about two weeks ago. Yeah, we first played We played it a few times since then. But this... Uh, I've played it twice now. I'm sure you played it more than that. Yeah, we played about like six or seven times so far. We got it as soon as it came, uh, when it was on Kickstarter. We, uh, when you got it, we got the gnomes with it, right? Yeah, like when you buy the release set, it comes with an extra figure of a gnome that gives you a few more mm -hmm. options in the game. But it's a really good game. It has almost like a worker placement element where your dice are both your commerce and the coordinates you get to place. The board is set up in a six by six grid. And it has a lot of interesting strategy. Like, uh, just based on the initial look alone, you figure, oh, you know, what's, what real level is there to it? But it's really friendly for newcomers, it's a really casual game, and then you can play it intense when you start learning about chaining combos and setting up score points and 
getting complete sets. It's it's a really interesting game and really fun. Especially yeah. when you get the birds out and the bunnies out. Yeah, you can yeah. actually attack other players. Yeah, I haven't so. played with those yet. Have you guys gone yeah, vicious yeah. yet? Yeah, it's, it gets ugly. For a game of guarding dice, yeah, yeah. you'd be surprised how <laughs> cutthroat it can be. But the best part is the game also plays incredibly fast. Like, even a four-player game, we usually notice it's like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, it's quick. I like it. And you're... You know, each round, each turn is so fast that you never really feel like you're. Yeah, you never. There's like not a lot waiting. of phone checking. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, another game that me and Chris played a few times lately is uh, Puzzle Strike, which is one of the greatest games with the worst package art I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Yeah, I remember seeing this game out come out a couple of years ago actually, and I, I had played it with another group, and the the ongoing joke was. You know, this is not Pogs, you know? Yeah. So, like, what are you doing playing with those Pogs? It's not Pogs, bro! <laughs> yeah. So, me and my friend Shark would go back and forth about it if, it, if it, if the game was actually Pogs or not. But just by the looks of the box, just didn't want to, you know, go over to the table and play it. And uh, Dan pulled it out and really enjoyed it. It was a, It's a really quick, easy, fun um, deck-building game, but this would be chips. And it has a little attack mechanic where you're crashing gems against other people. And um, you eat each player gets a I guess a hero, and the hero has three special chips which gives them like individual special powers. Moves in Street Fighter or Tekken or something like that, which yeah. makes it really really fun. And it, uh, it's another good entry level game for somebody um, who may not be into deck builders, but it's a good kind of yeah. bring them over. And my favorite part of the game is again it's another one of those great filler games because. You can't play it slow like you do with Dominion or sometimes people drag Ascension out. Mm-hmm. If you try to make this game drag out, you're just going to be getting attacked and those gems are going to pile up before you know it, the game is over. Yeah. So this is the perfect, like, oh, how long until you guys are done? 20 minutes? Bam, puzzle strike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had the exact same reaction as you, Chris, because I, I looked at the box and I was like, yeah, this doesn't look that amazing. It was on the bottom shelf hidden behind some other stuff. But since Dan bought it, I was like, I want to play this now. And I haven't played it yet, so like I can't offer any thoughts on this, but... It looks cool. How many players does that play? Uh, up to four. Oh, very nice. So, we'll have to whip that out soon. Cause Absolutely. It's a definitely a departure from, if, you, if you've gotten a little bit bored with Puzzle Story, I'm sorry, if you've gotten a little bored with Dominion, and maybe you want to draw some of your family members in, maybe you have kids, this would be a good opportunity for that, too. Yeah, yeah. The art's definitely, looks like it's kid-friendly. Yeah, it, it reminds me a little bit of um, Quarriers in that kind of way, where it's fun, it's light, you got the bag, it's got some randomness. But it definitely has a lot of flavor and theme that keeps you wanting to come back. Yeah. And the one thing that's nice is uh, when you buy the third edition, it comes with player notes. <coughs> so you see your zones clearly in front of you instead of just kind of figuring out where things go. Like when you play Quarriers or Dominion, it's all laid out. You know exactly where to place your discard, where to place your active gems. So that helps out a little too. It help, Play mats, I find, always help people the first time they play a new game. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely perfect for 50 bucks, I believe, is the retail. Great. Yeah. Because anyone who's a fan of video games, it has that video game style to it, too. Like anyone who has played those yeah. puzzle... Especially in the screens. It has that nice 8-bit attack style yeah. of screens and such, like old Nintendo days. You guys make me want to play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've been playing... Uh, what else we got here? Battlestar. Battlestar. Oh, yeah. We finally played Battlestar. Yeah. Like a couple weeks ago. Yep. In anticipation of the new expansion, we decided to break out some Battlestar and see how that goes. And uh, once again, humanity was wiped off the face of the earth as we made <laughs> terrible decision after terrible decision. Yep. <laughs> and I got to thank our friend Nick for that because he actually sat down and really taught us the rules, and he's just he's just the Battlestar master with that. Yeah. Um, but I did figure out he was a Cylon and did yeah. throw him in the brig, and we did, nah, yeah, 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 you know. 
you know, an airlock was involved, that's all I'll have to say. <laughs> but uh, even with all that, he still managed to, uh, you know, take us out. Yeah, he did. I, I do like the fact, though, that he was the president and a Cylon. You know, <laughs> yeah. Can't help to feel that election went really poorly for everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not going to say anything, but somebody had a character with a gun, and uh, they didn't want to use it. And, uh, I might have held back too long. I might have <laughs> held back too long. <laughs> a little bit. If you're going to pick Cali, why not use it? I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I guess that's what you had to do. But it's a lot of fun, and we'll definitely get into that another time about how much, how much depth and interest... For Battlestar, oh god, yeah, there is, yeah. And, and you don't have a, you don't have to be a fan of the show to enjoy the game, but if you are, you'll get a lot out of it. I mean, I think this is one of probably, I don't know, it's got to be in the top five, if not the top game, where the game really just drips with theme from beginning oh, to end. Yeah, you yeah. really do feel like you're doing this. You really do feel like the game is the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we've got Kim is like watching. She's like halfway through the series now, so we can't actually go no into spoilers. any detail on this game. <laughs> so we're gonna hold back on anything. It's actually sad because everyone else knows of Battlestar. Even people who didn't watch Battlestar knows of Battlestar, but I am very late to the party. And I know this will never happen, but man, maybe somebody on Board Game Geek could throw together uh, an original series, couple of characters, <laughs> because that would be amazing. Because it's just a lot of fun, but. Uh, and one of the other games I've been uh, had an opportunity. Um, one of our friends, Iggy, at the store, um, he was taught by Paul, who manages and owns the Myriad Game Store here on Staten Island, was uh, Niroshima Hex. Now this is another game, just like Puzzle Strike, that looks like really blah. Doesn't really have anything to it. Um, it's a very small board, and there are four different races, and you get these little hex tiles, and it's a little bit it's a little bit strategic, like chess. You get a couple of you get a couple of um, chips you place your chips and your chips will either have the first chip you place as your base um, and then you'll have actually some warriors whether they are a melee attack which has to be on top right next to another um, hex to attack it or a range attack which can be then any range in a direct line and then there's special officer tokens where it'll actually give the your other hex a bonus whether it's initiative or damage in some sort of way it plays very quick. We played about in a half hour, cool. and um, it's it plays up to four people. So you play in a very small location. So eventually, um, once all the spots are filled, you attack. Mm -hmm. That's if you don't already get an attack token earlier in the game, where you can initiate attack if you want earlier, if it's advantageous towards you. Um, but then the board expands for the numbers of players that um, are playing the game. So. It's really fast, really light, good strategy. Reminds me a little bit of Hive. Reminds me a little bit of the Duke that's currently out. Um, so if you like those games, I think you'll like this. Um, but it definitely has enough randomness in it that you don't have to be an expert at it. You can just jump in and play. And currently on iOS, it's you can get the light version for free. So I definitely recommend that. Now when you're saying the board expands, is it almost like Small World where it's what's available actually expands and the board is usually about the same size or is it you actually are using more and more play space based on the number yeah, of Yeah, we're looking at it's just one simple board but it's outlined for two players and outlined for four nice. players. So in that way you don't have to worry too much. This is also a good um, coffee shop game where you can kind of put it down and play there. That's great. Yeah, I mean it looks like you look at the box and maybe it looks a little intimidating but it seems very, I haven't played yet but it looks very like, you know, user-friendly jump in and play yeah definitely pick it up for the ios it's a free yeah. app and uh the ai isn't too smart but it'll definitely give you uh, teach the rules teach yeah. you the rules at least and it's very simple yeah 
All right. Uh, what else we got new? Uh, ooh, the new Summoner Wars faction or yeah. Second Summoners. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, me and Chris got to try them out recently. I used the new Tundra Orcs, and he was using the Second Summoner for the Dwarves. The Tundra Orcs uh, still keep a lot of that clumsy factor where, mm-hmm. you know, you have to ho- roll higher or, you know, it's easier to get hit and such. But the new Summoner introduces Ice Walls, which is almost like the old Swamp Orcs. How yeah. They had the Swamp Walls. Yeah. And um, they have a lot of interesting moves. It seems like the ice orcs now, the, sorry, the tundra orcs rely a little more on their spell cards. Like glacial shift, you actually get to move the ice walls up to three squares each, and it can pass through opponents to cause damage. So you can actually just set up a wall of these things and just slide all the way down, wipe out a lot of their lower cost creatures. Yeah, and on the other side, so the guild dwarves, um, some of their common units now are, are attack towers. So these are units that you'll, once you summon them, um, they stay put on the board, but there are additional um, cards that will actually, one card, actually I think it's Mighty Legs, actually moves the towers, another card creates um, explosive shells, another card lets you attack diagonally. Yeah, that, that card messed me up a lot. I was not seeing <laughs> that coming at all. So it's a lot of fun. Um I think it needs to be tweaked a little bit, trying to you know work in the, the towers because once you do place them, unless you have that additional magic card, you really are sta- setting up a stationary attack point. Yeah. Um, but a lot of fun to f- play. The new summoner um, gains attack damage based upon how many wounds you put on your walls. So if you have three yeah, walls and you put three, then you can put a wound on each, and now you have a lot of attack damage. So um, definitely a risk, a lot of riskier way to play with the guild dwarves, but a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm interested if you can start making choke points, like get a solid foundation of walls and just get those towers everywhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, you want to take him down, see if you can survive a few mortar shells. Yeah. And what's really funny is one of the champions with the new set is like this mega attack tower. Yeah. So that's sorry. pretty fun. Jumbo tower. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see Swamp Orcs versus Tundra Orcs and just see if there's anything left If there's on any the space left. I'm actually also curious about trying out the second summoner for the Phoenix Elves and the Goblins. Yes. Yeah. The, First uh, wave of Goblins didn't impress me too much, but I'm curious if the second one will maybe change how I feel about it. Spice them. it up a little bit or yeah, give change the mechanic. Because, you know, the first one is basically throwing units at people. Yeah. So... And the Phoenix Elves, precise, precise, precise. I, I can't wait to see Chris's all-precise deck. That's inevitable yeah. in the near future. <laughs> I don't feel like rolling dice today, so... <laughs> yeah. But all it's right. been a lot of fun. Everyone's really liked playing Summoner Wars and really enjoyed that. Right, Kim? Yep. <laughs> Kim likes it a lot. <laughs> um, so another new game we played recently that I actually picked up uh, probably actually like a month or two ago, but um, we just played it recently. It's Boss Monster. Um, and this was a Kickstarter, I think, like last fall. Yeah, it was last fall. I did not get the Kickstarter, so I did not get the fancy uh, gold cover, nor all the extra bosses, which looks awesome, by the way. But I Um, I do love that 8-bit cartridge look for the box. Yeah, it is fantastic. The box alone makes... One of the few few times you can look at a package and go, I need this, without even knowing what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. I was like, I don't know what this game is, but this is a Nintendo cartridge. Basically, the box is an old Nintendo cartridge, you know, NES days... 8-bit, you got your hero up against your boss, and that's kind of what the game is. It's, uh, you know, you, you're you building a dungeon uh, with a boss, and a lot of them are based on, like, old Nintendo bosses, like, you know. Yeah, it's like Sister Brain. And... Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah they're, they're just 
tweaking them. Mupo you know. Trooper and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those things that are obviously Bowser, obviously uh, you know, bosses from Metroid or Zelda. But legally distinct enough to actually be yeah, able yeah. to produce the game. <laughs> Clearly. Oh, it's legally distinct Bowser. I mean, I didn't even yeah, notice yeah. the reference until you pointed it out. I mean, it's so... <laughs> yeah, he's a frog instead of an alligator, whatever Bowser's supposed to be, dinosaur or right. something, yeah. But, um, yeah, the game's great. You just, you know, and you have... You know, you pull cards every round, you build up your dungeon, and each room in the dungeon will deal damage to a hero. Uh, new heroes arrive in town every round, and whoever has the most treasure for that kind of hero is going to um, uh, allure that hero to their dungeon. And the goal is to get ten souls. So you're trying to kill um, as many regular heroes and epic heroes as you can. The regular heroes are worth one soul, the epic heroes are worth two souls. Um, it is possible to be eliminated, Although I actually haven't actually seen it yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you just don't even look at all of what you're doing, is the only real way. Yeah, it's it seems really incredibly hard. friendly for new players too, because there's yeah. only four elemental types like warriors, knowledge, gold. So I mean, it, it seems very easy to teach somebody. It's not an overly complex game. Yeah, yeah, and I don't see a lot of ways to like ramp up the difficulty necessarily. Um, you don't really need to either, because there's enough cards you can mess with other people. Uh, you know, like. I don't want you to get that hero. It's my hero now. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. Very simple. Really easy to get into. And basically, you have your boss monster at one end, and then your building was it four or five rooms? It's five rooms. Five rooms, and that's it. So other than making them advance and playing a spell card or two, it's just really seeing how you set that up and how that affects the heroes. Yeah, yeah. And each boss has like a level up ability. Once you get all five rooms, you get that level up ability. Some of them will like. You'll get a nice bonus. Some of them will hurt other people. You know, it depends on what boss you take. But the bosses are taken randomly, so you can't really, like, build a deck either. One thing I liked in the game we played was uh, Chris was only a few points away from victory, and me and Kim started teaming up to stop the heroes from getting to him. Then we turned to Anthony, and then we had, like, the Alliance of Evil going against one of the other boss monsters, and we still lost, which was, you know, it's always depressing when a 3 on one doesn't yeah, go through, yeah. but, you know, it happens. <laughs> His supreme boss skills. Yeah. <laughs> now, jumping from a really easy car, um, card game to a really um, complex one, um, we've had the opportunity to break out Legendary. Um, Andrew and Mike had pulled, both had brought, bought that and brought it to the store. Um, Legendary is from the Marvel Universe, and it's a deck-building game, but it's, it's a really complex game because you have this really large board out there in front of you, and you're actually setting up a scenario where you have a villain, supervillain here, and then um, he has a win condition, and then as the board as the game goes on, villains will come on the board and try to escape the city. Yeah. And based upon that, you have to stop those villains and obviously um, stop the major villain. And I mean, there's a lot to that game. There's a zone for civilians. What's going on with the city? The boss, as you fight him, will change what he's doing and his powers, so you can't even predict what to necessarily do next. <coughs> But, I mean, it, it is incredibly complex still, Deck Builder. I really enjoy it because I love Deck Builders. But I I can easily see this game being a little overwhelming the first time somebody sits to it. Yeah, I think a, it's... Especially it's one of those games where it has a lot of setup time, a lot of breakdown time. Um, if, you, if you can do it, it's a lot of fun. If you love the Marvel Universe, you'll enjoy it. And you get to pick the heroes that you're going to be playing with. And you're not playing a hero, you're kind of building a team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with that, with that setup time, I kind of feel like uh, Legendary is a game where you're like, all right, for the next three hours, Legendary is going to be open to play. You do not break it out for just for one game. It's true. And it's a co-op game, um, so you're all attacking the, the villain, 
But at the same time, whoever has the most points at the end games is the quasi winner. Yeah, yeah that like competitive <laughs> co-op where sure. when you all die at the end of the game. It doesn't really matter anyway, but you, know, you still feel like you died with the most. That's always a good thing. So it's a lot of fun. Definitely put aside a, a lot of time to um, play it. And we also had a chance to play the new expansion, Dark City, that came with that. So you have Apocalypse, who's really tough to beat. He has his four horsemen um, that you have to attack. And you also have the Kingpin, but you also have new heroes. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoy Domino, that versatility skill where uh, the game uses only two real resources, almost as akin to Ascension, where it's either money to buy or points for damaging for fighting enemies. And with the versatile tactic, you can do either or. Yeah. So Domino becomes she's lower resources, but you get your choice of what you need for that turn. So it always it's nice to have that little bit of range on a hero. Yeah. So you see a lot of new characters. Obviously, you have Cable in there, and you have to and a new Wolverine because Wolverine has to be in every adventure. Yeah, so course. now now you have two decks of Wolverine. It's actually state yes. law. I looked it up on a Snapple cap. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Wolverine couldn't be here tonight, which is odd because he's here every other time. So. <laughs> Yeah, they said uh, at Gem Con they announced a Spider-Man expansion too, right? I think oh. Fantastic Four they were also talking it's about. Fantastic Four? Fantastic Four. Spider-Man's in the original set. I mean, they'll definitely bring out Spider-Man again because he's so popular. Yeah, but at I one think... point I think he joined Fantastic Four recently. Oh, the sure. New, the new uh, reboot, I believe, like Ultimate Fantastic Four or such. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that could be pretty interesting. Yeah, I think it was something like 100 cards. Maybe it was Fantastic Four too. Was... Yeah, maybe I saw Spider-Man's... Spider-Man art up there with it. Sure. Yeah, and I know they're reskinning the legendary system for the Alien franchise, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So it's supposed to be compatible, but not... You can't, like, mix them. Oh, no. So I know. That'll be interesting. We also got to try that DC deck builder. Yes. Which is quite the opposite. It's a much simpler game. It's almost like a... It's a little more akin to Ascension. Yeah, as, 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 um, after much pleading to Brian, he finally brought the DC deck builder. And <laughs> oh, he brought it. That's good. He, <laughs> yeah. he did. He finally brought it, and... Uh, it's it's definitely a different take. Um, you actually get to play a single hero, and as the game goes on, just like Dan was saying, Ascension, very much like, but you only have one currency. So the yeah, currency, which is nice. so you'll actually be attacking and purchasing powers or equipment or locations just with that one currency. So very fast, very easy, jump into it, play, enjoy. Um, I really enjoyed it, and... Uh, now that's out from Cryptozoic, I believe, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's um, they're the same people that made the Penny Arcade uh, Gamers vs. Evil, and uh, it has an akin feel where you get your hero and it it stands out <coughs> so unique. Like Batman, you get bonus points for all your equipment. Yes. And um, who were you using, Kim? I think I was using someone, someone green. Yeah, someone I, green. I, I, I got, I get he was playing as Kermit the Frog. That was good. <laughs> green Arrow and Green Lantern, they're the same people. Yeah, yeah, I think he had Green Lantern and, and that. And I think he he his bonus is based upon the diversity of... It's um, basically, if uh, if anyone played, um, what you said, the Penny Arcade game, Jim Dark Magic, uh, if you have three uh, different name yeah, cards, different named cards, you get plus three punch power. Yeah, so that was pretty good. I like that it really did feel like the theme of the DC Universe. Yeah, and some it's somewhat like legendary, like you're beating the the major villain in there. So there's a deck of villains which gives you points, and whoever has the most points at the game at the end of the game wins. So it's not the co-op that legendary is, but it's a lot of fun. It was strange using Batman though, choking somebody out with a golden lasso and shooting heat <laughs> rays into their face. But you know, I mean, it's, it's DC. It can happen. Why not, right? Yeah, crossover. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good to me. Yeah, and that's another good entry level type of game. And actually, at Gen Con they did show. The new expansion for that as well. So oh, very cool. it's now that you know the first the first main set 
had all the A-level characters, so now it's yeah. like the B-level characters. So, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, so it's Nightwing. Oh, great, Nightwing's here. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they should just make the Robin expansion. They should have, like, all the Robins. Kid, Robin, <laughs> Batman Incorporated, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get the guy from Paris and Japan. <laughs> Can't remember the names. All right, um, The Resistance. Yeah, so we have our uh, gaming group, so we usually meet on Thursdays, but Sundays is our main day, so sometimes we'll get in a full 12 hours of gaming, mm-hmm. and usually at the end of the night, when we have everyone together and no one's looking to play a, lo- a very long game, um, we definitely break out the Resistance. Um, if you haven't played the Resistance before, um, it's a really fun short game, and everyone gets a role, so you'll either be part of the Resistance or a spy that's spying on the Resistance, and that's a secret a secret role you'll be getting and uh, what we added additional to that is part of what Avalon had which is you actually now have uh, Merlin and the assassin so everyone keeps their role secret and then you go through a phase where um, the spies will know who the spies are and then as the game goes on what you'll be doing is sending each per each a different person each round will send uh, different members on a mission maybe not knowing who's good and who's bad. So um, it's the best three out of the five. And obviously the Resistance want to succeed at the mission. And the Spies want to fail the missions. So it's a little deduction, a little bluffing, a little uh, role reversal. And it's a lot of fun. And we usually get together about six or eight people to play. And my favorite part is, before anyone even goes on a mission, there's the wild accusations as to who's a spy, who plans on tanking the mission, who you can't trust. The second a mission fails, all of those people are spies. And and one of our usual players, uh, Paul, I feel, should just have a I'm a spy tattoo on his arm. Yeah. (laughs) Certain people always seem to get those cards. Yeah. I mean, even when he's a good guy, you feel like you can't trust him. Even if you looked at the card, you still feel like you can't trust him for some reason. Just that look in his eyes. He does have a very spy look. Yeah. I feel like we should reskin that game using his picture for one of the artworks. <laughs> He's the assassin. And just like with those games, he and many other kind of like hidden roles, you got to be careful because you do definitely do get your chaotic neutrals in there yep. who yeah. decide to play how they want to play, no matter the, what the rules are. So you definitely want to check out your group and make sure everyone knows that they're going to be playing their role and not what's in their head at that moment. Yeah. Sometimes logic need not apply. That's right. Yeah, it's a little role play, but it's not a role playing game. So you have to <laughs> make sure everybody's actually going to follow the rules. Yeah, so another quick, easy game you can throw down the table with anybody, family. You don't really have to know any kind of background of gaming or sci-fi fantasy. And uh, everyone's really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, it's a blast. And it's quick, so if you want to play two or three in a row, it's, you know, and I, I, 15, I like it a, minutes. And I like it a little more than Werewolf, because you're not player eliminating, so you don't feel bad about like, yeah. killing a good guy or something like that. It's... Everyone gets to get in on it, you know, and it's, it's kind of nice for that. It's great for new players, so it's not like, hey, new guy, you're a werewolf, you're dead. <laughs> it's just kind of like, all right, I don't know if I can trust you. Your friends will put you on the mission, though. Yeah. I always feel bad about that in Werewolf, when, like, the one new guy that everybody just met, like, two hours ago, and he's just sitting there, and you can see him sweating, and you're like, I know you're the werewolf. Yeah. Or when you kill him, and he's the seer, and he's like, well, that was great. I didn't know what I was supposed to do anyway. And then you feel <laughs> extra bad. He's like, you know what, guys? I'm going to go watch TV. <laughs> All right, so that's what's on our table this week, but it's not the only thing, because on Monday, we got, Dan actually picked up the new uh, expansion for Lords of Waterdeep. Um, So we're going to actually, we've actually played both of the expansions, because it's two expansions in one, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about that experience, what we think it adds, maybe what we think didn't add as much, what kind of strategies we're going to tweak in the future. Um, 
I'll let Dan take it from there because this is his baby. Yeah, so um, I always enjoy Lords of Waterdeep. I'm really exceptional at coming in second or third place, yeah. especially when Anthony and Chris are playing. You know, they're in that nice 130, 120 zone. I'm back at about 80, 85 points, feeling almost good. But, um, I mean, it's just a really fun worker placement game. It has a, a really good D&D theme to it. You know, um, all your resources are actually adventurers. So it really does a nice job of making you feel like you're gathering people together to go on these quests. So as enjoyable as the game has been, they just released Scoundrels of Skullport, and the game introduces two new areas. The first of which is Skullport, and that actually adds a whole new resource of corruption. It makes it really interesting, because there'll be areas where, like take for example Slaver's Market, you're getting four cubes, where most areas give you one or two. And you'll get these four cubes, but you also take a corruption with it. The way the corruption works is there's a track that you'll be removing all these resources from there. As more and more are removed, each of them are worth that many negative points. So at the end of the game, you can end up getting minus 56 points if you're high in corruption and no one else has been taking them. But at that same time, you're going to be completing huge quests, getting 20, 25 points left and right because you're getting resource twice and three times faster than any other player at the table. Um, and the one thing that's really interesting is even some of the cards, like the entry cards, allow you to remove corruption from yourself, other players, place some on other players, or just remove them from the pool, so anyone that's not getting that penalty is now taking an even harder hit. So it does introduce a lot more attacking utility options. Chris, like, what did you think so far of corruption? Well, it was a, it was a pretty interesting expansion for that because... Um, you know, typically when you're playing Lords of Waterdeep, you may find yourself with only one or two buildings already out there. So you're kind of stuck to the, the normal action selection spots where you can take two warriors or one cleric or one wizard. Mm -hmm. And it kind of slows the game down. And really the fun part of the game is you're placing down, um, you're placing down your worker, in this case, and you're getting people for your tavern to go on missions. So the more quest cards that you can complete, the more fun it is. So obviously with this, with, with the two different components of this expansion, it's definitely really a good time to be able to drop your worker on these places where you get multiple resources and get to do multiple actions so that you really feel like you get to do something. Um, usually when I'm playing Lords of Waterdeep, probably my high is probably six or seven, maybe eight um, quests completed. Um, we played with Skullport tonight, and I got 10 completed. Yeah. And that wasn't a problem whatsoever, and I was really picky on some of those quests. So it let, definitely opens up a lot more options. You'll definitely score a lot more points. The corruption is definitely an interesting dynamic because do I want to get those resources at the risk of reducing points? So um, the lords help you with that a little bit, and uh, my lord actually allowed me to... Um, score bonus points for corruptions that I took in the game. So I was lucky enough to have the beholders. So uh, Xanthar, yeah, our friend Xanthar there. So me and Th Thandar were uh, kind of hanging out during the game, and uh, he wasn't doing too much for me. I don't think I I would want to choose him in the future just based upon not having the bonus that usually comes with a lord. Because usually when you get a lord in the game, the lord will give you bonus points for complete quests of their area. So it might be warfare or commerce and you'll get an additional four points or five points in the game. Um, so this adds a different dimension to it. I like the different variety. It definitely gives a fresh take on it. 
and the other component, the other section under Mountain, was uh, was really a, a good time too. Yeah, under Mountain was great because um, <coughs> while normally you're getting a certain amount of cubes, like I said before, like one or two, under Mountain just starts powering you up with taking a cube of your choice, take a quest, play an intrigue. It's just almost combining areas and introduces quests that are worth 40 points. That's great, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you're handling in a fistful of adventures to get these quests done, but the rewards are unbelievable. You can clear almost half the victory track with a single quest. If you have that lord that gives you a reward, now it's 44. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think I ever had more than maybe 10 cubes on my tavern at any given time, but these two times we played with the expansion, both times, all of us, multiple oh, yeah. times, had like 15, 20 cubes out. And I do like that new mechanic of you'll get four cubes of a choice, but then you're placing cubes on other buildings and other zones. Yeah. So you're getting a lot, but now the other players are too, so it's actually keeping it to a very level playing field. It's not like one person is just basking in limitless power. Mm -hmm. Everything you take, you're actually spreading around. And some of the rewards for the quests are unbelievable. Um, when we were playing, I handed in one quest that lets you f draw four intrigue cards. And you get to play each card sequentially if you choose. And I was getting resources. I blew up one of Chris's buildings. I was getting victory points. One of the other options now is another type of intrigue card where you can hand off a resource. I was able to give Chris a mage, a purple cube, and just get eight victory points. So in one felt swoop, I was changing the whole board off of one quest, which never happens before in Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah, because yeah. the basic the basic game is basically it's a victory point game. You're using your worker, uh, in this case your agent, to go to different action spots, recruit different um, characters in order to complete the quest. And beyond that, it doesn't really have a lot of variety to it. You do have the intrigue section. But as we, were, as we found in the original game, you had to land to get an intrigue card, then you had to go to another place, to the harbor, to be able to play the intrigue card. So you weren't really getting as much flavor out of the game as you could. So obviously being able to take more intrigue cards, be able to play more intrigue cards, and obviously the intrigue cards and the buildings in these, in these com different components for the expansion offers a lot of different flavor and a lot of different fun. Yeah, and... Um... One of the other things I love is you can actually combine both expansions to play one mega game. They give you one additional agent of each color because now you're playing the long game. So with so many more zones, you get an extra player right out of the gate. So in a five-player game, you're having three agents instead of two. And with the expansion, they also give you the addition of a sixth player. Yeah, so you could play this game a long time. I mean, it's it's a Euro, but it's, it's generally a pretty quick one. We play usually in like an hour, right? Yeah. Okay. So... You could make it into like a three-hour Agricola-style game. Exactly. With all and, the stuff. And one thing I do love is, uh, especially with the skull part section, uh, Siric from the Forgotten Realms world, he was only mentioned maybe in one or two cards before, but his presence is a little more felt. And in the D&D Forgotten Realms world, he's the god of death, the god of thieves, the god of assassins. So his presence in like this seedy, underbelly town of like you know Forgotten Realms is fantastic. Like, it's just great seeing his symbol and his followers have more of a presence in the game. Like, they do really push that D&D flavor. Yeah, this definitely is, is, is a great game for... If you have some friends who are really into D&D, this is definitely a nice gateway game to bring them over to the board game kind of world. Sure, yeah. So you have a lot of flavor. The artwork is, is taken directly from the game. 
every, if you know about the Lords of Waterdeep, if you understand that history and that goes along with that, you're really going to enjoy this. And uh, they, D&D, I know Wizards of the Coast recently released the Murder of Baldur's uh, Gate, and I it's again, you know, it's like one of those things like, hey, did you like playing that? Check out this board game. It's that same world. You can yeah. see those same things. And hey, if your the, friends run away every time you pull out a gardening game or anything with weed in it, <laughs> if they're if they're like our friend Nick, who's a a gluten free gamer, he likes to say. <laughs> nothing with wheat, then this is the way to get them to play a Euro. I do feel the corruption marker should have been wheat instead of yeah. That would have been... Just to keep them away for longer. <laughs> to really give it that dread feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as Chris mentioned before, he was actually playing as a beholder as his new lord. One thing I love, again, is with the skull port, the lords, you have a beholder, you have a mind flare, and then you have somebody that's like an undercover agent as the new lord so it really does capture that even when you're the lord you're like oh man i, I feel you know like you feel that yeah. evil urge just to fulfill like who your character is well they make you play like that too oh yeah absolutely it's not just like get skullduggery and piety quests which is you know kind of random and um the one thing that i think for the first month will be hard to do is each of the expansions have a lord that give you bonus victory points for completing quests that are new to that expansion and building buildings that are new to the expansion. But if you've played with anyone that's played Lord of War Deed for the last year, as soon as those new things are going to be on the board, they're like, I want to go to the new area. I want to build the new thing. I want to do the new quest. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you have that Lord, you're going to be like, no, 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 it's yeah. mine. <laughs> so, uh, so if you have the option of playing as them, you might want to pass until like maybe uh, September or something when, <laughs> when people have seen those buildings enough. Yeah, definitely. All right, so um, overall impressions. Let's go down the board, everybody. What do you think? Uh, I absolutely love it. I mean, it adds a wealth of new quests, new options. It adds a new resource. The addition of the six player is always nice because I feel whenever we break out loads of water deep, there's always one person that comes up. I haven't played this in three months. Well, I guess you're not going to play it for four. Yeah, or <laughs> five. Yeah, we're full. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, the components are great. You know, tons of cards, tons of new quests. You definitely feel like, and for forty dollars for two expansions in one box, you cannot go wrong. Yeah, it's a great deal. It's a lot of stuff in there. Um, I kind of liked the Undermountain better than Skullport. I don't like the whole concept of curse counters because then I have to focus on either not getting the curse counters or getting quest cards and entry cards to counteract that so I could land in one of those spots. So, like, that one, I wasn't a big fan. Like, I'll play it, but I prefer the... Under, was it Undermountain? Undermountain. And you did yeah. a great job. You had five corruption at one point, and you're the only one that finished the game with zero. Yeah, yeah. as soon as I saw those quests that removed three and two, I just had to pick those up. Yeah, that's a cool thing, too, is that everybody had kind of a different experience. Of the four of us, we all had kind of a different experience with the corruption. Like, Chris had the holder, so he was just, like, <laughs> racking them up. Kim had these cards that let her get rid of them. I was just kind of sitting with none for most of the game, and then I realized I probably needed these resources. Yeah, I mean, if you got those cards that let you hurt the people that have more corruption than you, it could have been really bad for me and Chris. Yeah, I actually had that card, though, and I just didn't use it when I should have. I was waiting till the end, because I was going to try to clear the board. He didn't pull the trigger. No. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> yeah, do you have that card over there? Uh, no, I don't actually have it. Oh, right okay. Now, but... Yeah, there's a card that basically says, anybody who has more corruption than you... Uh, each opponent with more corruption than you takes corruption from the corruption track and places it in their tavern. So, And if you use up all the corruption on the track, it's automatically minus 10 points. So, well, that's pretty cool. 
Dan just handed me a card that says, uh, score six points if each opponent has more corruption than you. So you could really chain these together. These are intrigue cards, by the way. So you could really chain these together, and if, if you're just sitting on nothing, if you have no corruption at all, you know, kind of just ride that through the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, I think for the base game, Lords of War Deep was a lot of fun. Um, you know, like I said, it's definitely a great hybrid, definitely a great bridge. If you're into D&D or fantasy at all, this is definitely something you want to pick up, especially if you're not initially a fan of Euros. I know when I started um, board gaming, seriously, it was Euros were like, I was really turned off by it, really odd themes about, you know, the 16th century or the Black Plague or the Dark Ages or, as Nick would say, the, you know, the gluten game. Yeah. Breeding so, cattle. Yeah, breeding <laughs> cattle. So I'm like, who doesn't feel heroic knowing that they bought a new sheep into the world? <laughs> <laughs> so really kind of, really kind of very flat, themeless, pace it on themes. And, you know, once Lords of War Deep hit the table, it was like, wow, this actually has a lot of flavor to it. It's really interesting. Um, but it's also, at the same time, very simple. So um, place your agents, uh, recruit your, your men for your um, task, or, and then um, you know, move on to there. Complete the quest and move on. The expansion adds a lot more flavor. The entry cards are a lot better, a lot more interesting. The buildings are a lot more interesting. Um, it's always nice to have more lords you know, in Waterdeep to play with. Um, I don't think that I would want to go back and play the base game now. Um, definitely with the Under Mountain. I think you have to play with that from now on. Skullport, I could take or leave. Um, it's interesting to have the corruption as um, a different dynamic in the game. So if you want those really tasty little spots, you're going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, definitely either way. I mean, you can play with Skullport and just not take those spots and not be bothered by the corruption. So I guess if, if, I, you know, if I had a choice, play with everything. Don't, don't go near Skullport if that's not for you. It's a dangerous ta part of town. <laughs> definitely want to stay away from that. But uh, highly recommend. You definitely want to pick this up. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with Chris. Undermountain absolutely has to be in every game now. It's just it, those extra spaces really make it so you're never, you're never stuck being like, all right, I guess I'll take this orange cube because there's always options. Like if, if you've ever played a game of this where nobody builds anything, it's painful, you know. So Undermountain's a must. Skullport kind of does change the dynamic of the game. It's not a different game, but it's you're looking at things differently. You're playing it differently. You're looking at everybody else differently. Um, if you like that, great. If you have six people, you kind of have to do it. Um, if you want to play a really long game, you should definitely do it. Um, but also, it's cool because the game rewards you either way, whether you do it or not. Like, it's possible to win if you don't take any corruption. So, um, I think the way they did it was fantastic. Uh, I would always play with Undermountain, Skullport, you know, Depends on what kind of mood I'm in, how many how many hours we want to play. And I think one of the things that it's not an expansion, but you definitely want to check out on Board Game Geek is there's actually someone making D and D deeples. Oh yeah. So yeah, D and D deeples. Yeah, D and So uh, you know, we've been talking. We we talk about the game. Usually, usually when you play a Euro, Euro's known for its cubes, mm -hmm. wood cubes, wood cubes, wood cubes, or their meeples. Um, you know, they're actually. Um, you know, there's uh, a cleric, there's a warrior, there's a, there's a thief. Yeah, it's, it's very easy to say, give me three black cubes instead of give me three rogues. Yes. You know, yeah, I, I, I still think don't gonna... know what they are. You'd, you'd be like, give me three mages. Like, I don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> you just take them and you'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Here's it's, the box. It's the purple stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got to get an order in for those D&D deeples because uh, I get the feeling we're going to be playing this game a lot more from now on. Yeah, we already played it a lot. So 
But now we have twice the reason. Yeah, and the best part is our local Myriad has a slew of them in. First day, just grabs it right off the shelf, and it was fantastic. Like thirty nine ninety nine, you couldn't go wrong for this. Yeah, totally worth it. All right, guys. So uh, I think that was pretty much a consensus there. Buy this expansion if you have Lords of Waterdeep. If you do not have Lords of Waterdeep, buy the expansion. Then you have a reason to get the game. Exactly. Because yeah. that's what I did with Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have Daybreak, you have to get the main game. Yeah. It's- it's a good way to trick yourself. And then yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Wait a second. It would I... be stupid not, not to do that. <laughs> I'm just wasting money if I don't buy it today. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, any other games coming up this coming week? Anything else coming in? I know uh, you guys, we mentioned Crossmasters. Anything else coming in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Crossmasters, we're going to be uploading an unboxing video very shortly. Okay. So we'll be able to see what the components in that look like right out of the box, let you know what you're getting. Um the suggested retail is about 80 bucks on the game, so we want to make sure that you're enjoying what you're getting out of that box for that price. And we're going to be trying more Summoner Wars with the second Summoners. Just got that brand new premium board. Got to yeah. break that in. That thing has to get some use. Yeah, I got to get in on that. I haven't used my uh, new Phoenix Elves yet. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I figure not only that, but it'll be a great time to make a tutorial video. A lot of people around the store know how to play Summoner Wars, but a few don't yet. And it'll be great to have a walkthrough, get you guys through, get you in the initial steps, and get you playing on that game. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, um, this is our first podcast, so we don't have any questions or anything like that, so we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up, but um, of course, if you do have questions, you should contact us. Um, if you uh, hit up the website, which is boardgamersanonymous.com, uh, there'll be a contact form there, or you can just hit me up at anthony at boardgamersanonymous.com and um, send your questions in. We will also be on Board Game Geek shortly, um, and then I will tell you what the, what the handle is. Probably Board Gamers Anonymous. Um, if it's available. And then uh, you can hit us up there too. So send your questions, send your comments, send your, uh, any, if we got anything wrong, um, I'm sure you will. And then, um, That'll be the first thing we hear. Yeah, probably. Yeah, We're going to go into the store. You get five cubes, not four. <laughs> Come on, read the cards. Yeah, I'm sure we'll walk into the store next week. What the hell is wrong with you guys? Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening and uh, we look forward to coming back and talking more about what we're playing, um, what we're trying not to spend too much money on and what we are in fact spending too much money on alright guys thanks Uh, this is Anthony this is Dan this is Kim this is Chris alright thanks guys 